We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted the film show. You're listening to Unscripted the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You are listening to another episode of Unscripted, the film show. Hello, Unscriptonites. You are joined here by Cecilia, Rachel and Lewis. And I was just, uh, yes, welcome back, Lewis. Feels like forever since I've been here. It feels like forever since you've been here and and that's how we feel. Um, I was just mentioning off air, um, I saw Saltburn and I talked a lot about it last, um, last week. I hated it. Really? No, I loved it. She loved it. I loved it. It definitely would have been in my top ten had I seen it last year. It was spectacular and I have listened to Murder on the Dance Floor a lot. <laughs> it's gone back to number one or something, I think. It's Not after surprised. after twenty years. Um I love that song. It was so funny because I was at a course today and there was two young girls sitting next to me and they were talking about going to the movies and they're mm. like, Oh yeah, we want to see like that. They were talking about Saltburn. They're like, oh, I just want to know what all the fuss is about. And I just yeah. wanted to lean over and be like, you got to see it. Or I was like, oh, I'll tell you what the fuss is if you <laughs> want to know. But they were quite young girls, like 20-year-olds. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if I want to be like, go and see that movie. They no, be like, because <laughs> they, they'll be like, oh, that weird chick said. Yeah, that weird chick that sat it. next to us. Yeah. Um, I just kissed the mic by accident. <laughs> oh, um, but, yeah, it was so funny. They were watching the trailer and they're like, oh, we just want to know what it's about. I think that's why a lot of people are actually watching because they want to see what the fuss is about. And, um, yeah, there's been a couple of people I've suggested it to who have been like, I didn't like it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I feel so judged now. <laughs> and I, I really don't care about your opinion of me. Please don't change your opinion of me. Um, but I, that's okay. I do I do like that uh, Barry has, uh, has come out and said, uh, that no prosthetics were involved. Yeah, yes, he it's, did. It's, it's all him. <laughs> so if you wonder what we're talking about, it's Baz's Waz. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's good. Um, I've seen. We've got a very big show tonight, so we don't know if we're going to get to everything. <clears throat> um, Lewis saw quite a few things, or has seen quite a few things that are all out at cinemas at the moment. Um, you've got Wish, Next Goal Wins. Aquaman and Boys in the Boat. Um, I've seen Ferrari, which is also out at the cinemas, which we missed the screening of, I think, at the end of last year. Um, Leo, I watched Leo, which is the new animated uh, Adam Sandler film from the Happy Gilmore crew. My son watched it two days in a row. Oh. So, and I watched it and I, I initially put it on thinking I would just have it on in the background and I'd definitely watch the whole thing. Um I've also binge watched uh, Yellow Jackets in the space of what's it Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. How can you five, not? Five oh. days. Um, 
Yeah. I'm like I'm in that depressed like depression mode at the moment that I've got nothing to watch that let's, meets that. Let's talk about Yellow Jackets quickly then, okay. because you and I have both just finished it. Mm. You finished it on the weekend. I literally paid or haven't paid yet, but I got a free. Um, you know, seven-day trial with mm. Paramount so I could watch the first series, oh, sorry, the second series. So I've been waiting to watch Yellow Jackets for a long time but it's been on a, a um, streaming service that I didn't have and I'm mm. like, I'm not paying for another streaming service. This is ridiculous. It's got to stop this. It's got to stop. <laughs> I don't know what it was on actually now but, um, but the first season is on Netflix mm-hmm. and then the second season is on Paramount Plus. So I... I started watching it because my boss watched it and she said it was great and we have very similar, mm. um, you know, both X-Files f- fans from back in the day, both Buffy fans. She loved Saltburn as well. So I'm like, yeah, if she's liked it, I definitely will like it. And, yeah, I I definitely watched it in a very short span of time. Um, Which is interesting because yeah. they're quite long episodes too. They're about an hour in length. They um, are. But it is just one where you just want to click. Next uh-huh. episode. I had to convince myself to go to bed. Yes. You need to go to bed. I actually stayed up late watching this series. Oh, yeah. Me. I stayed up past my bedtime. I was up until this. like midnight one night and I'm like, Rach, you cannot. Wait, what is this? What is this you're talking about? Okay, so, yellow jacket. Yellow jacket. So the brief is you've got a soccer team, a high school soccer team, um, a girls team that uh, are getting to nationals. They get on a flight. This is uh, in 1996. They all hop on the flight mm-hmm. to, to go to the nationals and there is a plane crash Ooh. and they have to basically play Survivor out there and some bad stuff happens. So it is a story um, that looks at the stuff that's happening on the ground in 1996 and then how their lives, um, how they're dealing with their lives after the aftermath 25 years later. And they're not coping so mm. well, by the way, because some... Some stuff went Some down. Some stuff went down. Some stuff went down out there. And now, this is—is is this based on a true story? Or is this just no. no. Well, <laughs> it's not. This is not based on a true story, but there are other s- true stories out there that have happened that are similar to this event. If yes, this makes sense. So there's a um, lot of correlation between things that have happened in other survival stories um, that have really happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking like cannibalism, by the way. You guys are talking. <laughs> I, was, I was like, you know, it's like one of those things where the plane crashes and they had to eat each other. And I was like, yeah, cool, I understand that, but couldn't you have waited more than 24 hours? You have to start <laughs> digging into thighs straight away. Have some self-control. Some dignity, please. <laughs> but it's got some great actors. It's got um, Melanie Linsky is in there. Love her. Uh, you've got Juliette Lewis. You've got Christina Ricci, who play oh. the um, older counterparts. Yeah, they're um, all the older counterparts. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, they're all living very, very different lives, but they're all seriously affected by what's happened. And the reason that we're looking at 25 years is because there's a big span of time and it's kind of a... Um, a pivotal, you know, those things they come up in the news mm-hmm. all the time. Like it's been twenty five years since the Yellow Jackets plane crashed, la la la. Um, and also, one of them is running for senator, and she really doesn't want some of these stories going out. So she's employed somebody to to see if if anybody else is going to um, take the bait and say, "I'm going to pay you like." over a million dollars, mm. seven figures, to tell your story. Mm. And um, 
nobody's wanting to take the bait. So it's it's a really interesting um, psychological thriller sort of thing and it does keep you pressing the next, next, next. And I feel like now we're both like... Yeah, we've hit depression mode I've because got like now no what? more yellow jackets to watch. So I'm we've like... got to we've got to wait until the next series comes out. I don't know when that's going to be, but there is a third series. But at least I feel like if I'd only watched the first season, I feel like I would have been suffering more. I feel like the Least ending to had... season two mm-hmm. feels like you know there's no there is kind of a big event but it's not to the point where you're like oh my god what happens next at least you had that second season to jump straight into yeah what's interesting though is that uh, it, it was released back in 2021 mm. i've only just discovered it so uh i'm glad i did but uh yeah since i've i'm i'm on this i was talking about it last week's um weird stream of airplane things i'm watching lots of air crash investigation oh, what? and whatnot so I yeah so what was the other thing you streamed I decided to take a look at uh, Society of Snow. Is which... that what it's called or is it called Snow Society? Uh, look, we can't remember. Either way, let um, me bring up my notes. Of oh, Society of Snow, which I can give a brief rundown off if you like uh, but in this is based on a true story mm-hmm. so in 1972 um, a uh, Uruguayan Air Force flight uh, chartered a rugby team to Chile and they crashed into a glacier in the Andes. Um, some of the passengers died in this particular crash and then others uh, died the weeks that followed, whether it was, you know, succumbing to their injuries or the cold or starvation. And um, those who lived decided to uh, eat the dead. Um, and it's quite... Uh, I think I think there's a, there's a theme happening in the show. Yeah. You're You've probably heard all about this because it, it... You've seen you've seen the movie Alive, yeah? yeah? It, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not the only film to mm. depict the, the disaster. Is this a documentary, though? Well, last year, uh, last year, last week, I thought it was a documentary, but it's not. It's oh, just okay. another film. Um, but it is in Spanish, so it's not a Hollywood kind of version of the film. Uh I it was adapted more recently uh, from a more recently published book um, oh, okay. by someone who actually knew many of the crash victims in childhood. So I think it's a little bit of a different take. Uh, what I liked about it is obviously it's a gripping story. The crash sequence was intense. So the way the plane goes down was quite, um, mm. oh, my gosh, it, it, it really depicts the brutality of it and how quickly it happened. It, it felt intense when I saw it alive all yeah. those years ago. I don't know that I could watch it again. <laughs> yeah, the only the only thing I didn't, I mean, the film's two and a half hours and the storytelling is kind of narrated by one character, so oh. it's a little bit dull. And when it came to the cannibalism aspect of it, there wasn't much, like, moral or ethical kind of dilemma I felt I felt like that would have been more of a you would have kind of felt more for the characters whereas definitely delved into that a lot in um, Alive did they yeah people arguing for and against so there was in this film but not enough to make me feel like the choice was dire, if that makes sense. But yeah. they spent more than 70 days, I think, whereas in Yellow Jackets, um, they're out in the wilderness for 18 months, I think. Is that yeah, 19 yeah. months. 19 months. Um, but, I mean, there's been plenty of um, plane crash type stories like this. I mean, I could go on about it. I could do a whole podcast off of them now. <laughs> I've seen Air Crash Investigation. But um, 
before we do go to a break, I wanted to mention that following last, if you were tuned into last week's episode, yes. Rachel was telling me about a um, true story uh, of a flight where a window blows out and one of the um, the co-pilot gets dragged out and the captain's trying to fly the plane, get him back in, mm, mm. hasn't got an oxygen mask, it's like minus 40 and uh, that I went home and that was the next episode. So wow. how ironic Crazy. is that, that you were telling me about it? Because I remembered it so clearly. I was and like, the, yeah. how insane he's trying to fly and land the plane with his co-pilot hanging out the side of the window, yeah. literally like on the front window. Just flapping Crazy. out there like Just, a bird. Yeah, but not so much like a bird. Anyway, I probably should stop talking about planes. It was kind of weird, it's kind of weird as well that it was last week where that uh, Boeing had the the thing blow out as well. That's and, right. I missed that. And no, no, like no one died. It was great. Until? Like, well, until? Didn't they hit another smaller plane? No, no. I don't think Am so. I th- maybe I'm thinking of the wrong event, but there was an she's event. She's just mixing real life with yeah. Yeah. No, 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 stuff she's an, watching. I'm pretty sure there was an event where a plane, it, no, there was no harmed passengers there, but then they hit a smaller plane on the tarmac, which did kill people. Oh, I don't know <laughs> if that, all I know is the first bit, which was, Good. Well, not not good. You would you you're never going to get on a plane again if you're on that plane. But you know, at least everyone survived. So, um, but yeah, that was that was pretty fun. When I was flying over to to Sydney uh, at, on Boxing Day, I was watching Twisted Metal on the plane, and there's a, a episode of Twisted Metal where everything goes to hell, and there was actually scenes of like planes falling out of the sky. I was going, this is not the best thing to watch on a plane. No, no. I've never heard of Twisted Metal. Yeah, Twisted Metal is, is really good. It's based on the game Twisted Metal. Uh, it's on Stan. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, it is. It's got um, Anthony Mackie in it, uh, and he plays this guy called the. Um, oh yes, I've seen this advertised. What is it? Was the term they use? Oh, he's a courier. But they don't use that term. Postman, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's postman. Um, but they basically the, the world's gone to hell. You've got all these cities that are, are like um, walled cities. So all the good people live in there. <laughs> all the bad people, they've just gone, get out into the wilderness and fend for yourselves, bad people. And so they've all gone out. And then you've got these people who are like in the midways where they're going from city to city delivering stuff. So, it's yeah, it's kind of an interesting, interesting um, show. Yeah, wow. Very cool. Well, on that note, we've covered a a few different things there. We might head to a sponsor and have a chat about some movies that are in the cinemas. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So Lewis has had a very busy time away watching uh, a few different things (laughs) while you've been... Well, I guess on leave. That's right. Not only have I been away, uh, be away, but I was like still working. I was still out there watching things for people. Yeah. So on a boat, no less. I, like, that's kind of special, though. So I imagine Wish you actually saw on the Disney boat. I did. And Aquaman you saw on the Disney boat. I did not. Oh no, because that's not Disney. No. Nope. Well, I saw. I saw Wish. And I saw Next Goal Wins. Both on the Disney boat? Yes. Nice. Yes. Yes. Because yes. Next Goal Wins is a, a Fox Searchlight film. Oh, so, okay. Hence it is uh, now Disney under the Disney banner. Well done. Michael Fassbender. Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit off uh, on last week's show because we were looking forward to hearing what you thought of, of Next Goal Wins because oh, it, it looks so good. Oh, it is so good. Um yeah, so I was uh, over the, the Christmas break, Cat uh, and I went and we did uh, another cruise on the Disney Wonder. And on the Disney Wonder, there is a, a theatre called the Buena Vista Theatre. 
Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm not used to talking. Um, um, <laughs> so the, the Buena Vista Theatre, uh, and they're also at the Walt Disney Theatre as well. So mm-hmm. uh, on the ship, when a, a film gets released, they'll have a premiere screening mm-hmm. uh, on the ship, and usually that's in the uh, Walt Disney Theatre, which is a like a massive like, like theatre, just happens to be on a, on a ship. Um, so they premiered Wish. They premiered uh, Next Goal Wins. Uh, so we didn't see the Wish in the uh, in the big theater cat. And I was like, oh, we'll just wait. We'll watch it later on. It's fine. So we went to the the Buena Vista Theater, and there was like four people in there. Oh wow! <laughs> um, so it was it was cool. We managed to get some good seats. Um, but uh, yeah, so we we watched we watched Wish Wish, um, and it was it was okay, but. It's it's kind of like trying to achieve a lot because this like past year has been a hundred years of Disney. So it's been a hundred years since Walt Disney and Roy Disney set up the the studios and then started producing their movies and yeah. shorts and stuff like that. Um, and what Disney Wish is trying to do is it's trying to like pay homage to a lot of those films that um. made Disney. But the thing is, it's trying to do that through this other this other story. Um, so the story is that there's a a seventeen year old girl named Asha, uh, and she's in the kingdom of Rosas Rosas, um, and um, she is a uh, in the in this kingdom. There's a king called uh, King Magnifico, who is played by Chris Pratt. No, it's like Chris Pine. Sorry, not, yeah. not Chris. I know, I know Chris, Pick a Chris, yeah, any Chris. I know Chris, I know Chris Pratt's playing a lot of animated characters, but he's not playing this one. This one's Chris Pine. Um, so King Magnifico, he um, has found a way to take people's wishes and then gain power from these wishes. And he seems at face value like he's a good dude mm-hmm. who's doing the right thing, but in reality he's kind of like hoarding all these people's wishes to keep power for himself and only granting wishes that won't negatively impact him. Right. Um, so you've got... Uh, uh, Arianda DeBose playing Asha, Chris Pine playing King Magnifico, and then Alan Tudyk um, comes into it as her, um, Asha's pet goat uh, called Valentino uh, when he gets given a voice because that's his wish, just to get given a voice. Now, oh. how does he get a wish if, A, he's a goat, um, and B, uh, King Magnifico is not granting that many wishes? Well, what happens is that um, uh, a- 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 Asha wishes upon a star. Oh, okay. So when you wish upon a star, as we all know, Mm -hmm. your dream come true. So she wishes upon this star and the wishing star comes down and is like a character. And the the, the movie is is okay. I think I need to re-watch it, but... I was just hoping for more of a a frozen or mm-hmm. a um uh, you, you know a, a tangled you know something along those kind of lines um yeah. encanto um maybe <coughs> sorry uh oh my bad um uh moana you know mm-hmm. that was what I was looking for because that that's the kind of stuff that has really popped in, mm-hmm. the, in the last few years but this is just feels so you know, even though they're referencing a lot of Disney films, like there's references in there to Bambi, to Snow White, um, all the films are referenced in there at some point in time, but this film it just feels so starkly different. So it's kind of like you're, you're watching, going, yeah, it's all right, but it just won't leave you with that Disney feeling that you were mm-hmm. kind of hoping for. Um, I've not really even heard about this film until the last few weeks. Mm. 
and I was surprised there was a new Disney film. I, I was kind of hoping that, like, if they're going to do this, what they should have done, because you've got all these, these Disney films, you know, Snow White, Cinderella, um, Sleeping Beauty, all these things. Why don't do a film where it's kind of like the origin of Disney films and, like, marvelize these things and, like, bring it all into the same universe mm. so that, you know, all these characters are inhabiting the same same universe. Mm. And then you can do those homages with the actual characters rather yeah. than just, like, going, oh, look, there's a deer, let's call it Bambi. You <laughs> know, <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, it, I mean, it was it was okay, but it was just they could have done so much better. And I think mm. that's the thing you come out just going, it was okay, but just oh, I wanted more. Like I wanted. Mm. This is the hundredth year of a studio that's just been pumping out banger after banger after banger, and this one just does not feel in the same league of, of the other films. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, you can probably wait until it goes on to Disney Plus and then watch it on Disney Plus. Uh, I wouldn't race out to the cinemas to go and go and watch it because you probably will leave a little bit disappointed. Um, with Disney, uh, with Wish, I will give it um, probably three, three and a half talking goats. Mm-hmm. Alan Tudyk is definitely the, uh, the, the the highlight of it, though, but he, as he always is. Yeah, I mean, his <laughs> voice is unmistakable. Yes, although you, you say I mean, that, it's always different, it's always yeah. different, but you can somehow, there's you can just tell it's Alan. Well, because if you look at the, the past films, like in Frozen, he was the... Um, uh, the Duke of Wesselton. Mm. I think in um, Zootopia he was the the weasel. Mm. Um, the he was the weasel from Weasel Town. Mm. Um, in Moana he was Hey Hey the the chicken. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he he has had uh, a lot of different roles. What a there. broad range of, of voices. I know. Well, you would never have thought it was him when you listen to Hey Hey go bok bok. <laughs> My God, that's. A... Can you imagine like Hey Alan? Um, can you just do like a day where you're making bok bok noises? That's all we yeah. need. Uh, just different scenarios, different bok boks. Uh, I'm not sure you got the right kind of emotion on that bok. Can we give it? <laughs> can we? Can we have another go at that? Um, yeah. Oh, so uh, it's. Yeah, it's it's okay, but uh, uh, just not as good as it should be. Um, the other film, though, next goal wins is uh, this. This is amazing, and this one is based on a true story. Um, it's uh, a story about the uh, American Samoan football team. Now, have you guys heard of the um, American Samoa? Sorry, American Samoa soccer team, I should say. No, no. I, I, I've heard of um, um, of Samoa. You have? Yes. Excellent. Um, <laughs> That's as there, far as we got. There, there was in one of the World Cup qualifying like matches. There was a, a match between uh, American Samoa and a little country you might have heard of called Australia. Oh. Yeah. And Australia beat American Samoa, I think it was 30 goals to none. Oh, Ouch. Burn. Yeah. So, I oh know, sorry, 31 to none. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that was in 2001. Ooh. So, uh, American Samoa's is like, oh, we've got to do something. We've really got to, like, you know, switch these things up so we can, like, get a goal. That's our that's our goal is to get a goal. Let's <laughs> up our game and get a goal. Yeah, because in the history of American Samoa, they'd never won a goal. Wow! They just like, never got never got a goal. Ne- never got anywhere near winning a match because they never got a goal. And to win a match, you got to get goals. That's so depressing. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the the uh, in this as a true story. So Thomas uh, Rongen, who was a uh, like 
a coach of massive soccer teams who was kind of like a bit down on his luck because he'd had some uh, personal issues. Um, he is basically told, you're going to American Samoa. You're going to be their coach. Have at it. Um, and so he goes there and he finds this team which is just terrible. Like really just not in the league of people who should be playing soccer at all, let alone um, at that level where you'd be like going into like a, a World Cup. Um, so he goes there, but he's having so much issues because of his personal life and being in a, a foreign country, a very foreign country, um, and dealing with a team that's just not not that great. And also a country where religion is such an important factor, like you know, just stopping to, to pray and all that kind of stuff. Very, very religious country. Um, but they, uh, you know... The, the 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 film goes goes through how the, they connect and how they improve and stuff like that. Its timing is beautiful. Like when you've got uh, you know Ted Lasso and Welcome to Wrexham on the TV, uh, and also you've had the Women's World Cup and stuff like that. People are a bit more into soccer and football at the moment. So having a film like this is is great, and particularly in, this is an under under underdog story. <laughs> so um, and it's great because this is the kind of film you know where uh, it's directed by Ty. Waititi, it's written by Taika Waititi and Ian Morris and you can just see that you know because uh, Taika's got the Islander background and everything like that you know he just saw this and just goes oh this is the kind of story I want to make um, Taika Waititi also stars in the film as well in kind of in a cameo role he plays the uh, the local priest in uh, in the the town that uh, that it's set in and he's excellent and I, I recommend if you when you see next goal wins and you will go and see next goal wins um there's a, a cut scene at the very very end so it's worth staying for so so stay for that last scene has he played a priest in a previous film well he's played hitler and he's played a big rocky alien um i feel like i saw him as a priest at one other time i could just be hallucinating i think he was a vampire at one point as well <laughs> um, so he's, he's played a, played a lot of things but this this film is great um you know fassbender i like, originally when i saw him who is that guy you took me a little moment, I have to admit, it's to the hair. go, wait, that's Michael Fassbender. It took me a second. Usually I'm, I'm spot on with him, but, um, yeah, it took me a moment. Yeah, he's got, he's got a, a weird look to him. But, uh, yeah, so he's, um, he's, in, he's, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, you've also got Will Arnett in it as well. He's, he's being his, his Will Arnett best. And I think the fact he was in this also was a reason why Will Arnett was in Our Flag Means Death as well. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, Elizabeth Moth, Moth. Elizabeth Moss is in this as well. Uh, I didn't recognise her at the start. She looked a little bit different. Um, did, have you watched Young Rock yet? No. no. Yeah, so Young Rock, which is on Binge. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guys that plays the rock is Yuli Laktifu. Um, and uh, he's he's a like an awesome actor. Like uh, when you see when you see him uh, at the beginning of this, uh, I was like, oh my god, it's a guy from Young Rock. And then uh, you don't see him again until like halfway through the film. I was like, was that the guy I thought I saw, or did I not see him? And then he comes <laughs> back in again. So, but uh, he he's really cool, and he looks a lot like the Rock as well. So, <laughs> well, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Is is the Rock from Samoa? The Rock is American Samoan. Yeah, yeah well, I not thought... he's not American Samoa from here. Yeah. Um, but he is like part American, part Samoan. Right, right. Because his dad was a uh, African American, his mum was Samoan. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and then you got uh, Oliver Knightley, uh, David Fane. These these guys are. Um, uh, I think they're New Zealand actors. Uh, I have seen them and stuff before. Um, 
you've got uh, this uh, uh, um, you've got a lady called uh, Kamana who plays Jaya and in it's she's an interesting character because she's um, transitioning uh, male to female mm-hmm. but she's playing on a male football team and oh. so it's it, you know, really interesting kind of um, you know, dynamic there because within their culture like um, men who are uh, identify as women are uh, held in quite high regard, mm. um, and so it was interesting to find out that that you know, cultural aspect to uh, to the story as well. Because I, I had heard of um, that as before, but it was just interesting to to see it played out on the screen. And the fact that it was real, like mm. you know, this actually happened. There was a a transgender person who a transgender woman who was playing football on a men's team. And it's such a topical kind of um, conversation at the moment as well, particularly with some sports kind of looking at the, the rules and regulations and how people feel about that. So it's some, such a timely thing to to look at. Yeah, so, but it's a great film. It's so funny, so mm-hmm. heartfelt. Um, it's just like you feel uplifted once you've once you've seen the film, mm. and uh, it, it was just it was just great. I was really uh, happy to um, have seen the had seen the film, um, and I am going to give um, uh, next goal wins five. You can't no no five. What do I want to do? Um, five bits of fish in a uh, like a lemony kind of saucy thing. Uh, <laughs> Sounds delicious. It, it, it did did sound delicious. So that uh, that came came up with those um, five delicious fish meals. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was really good. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's fantastic. Watch um, next goal wins and watch our flag means death and uh, and you'll enjoy them both. Excellent. Sounds good. Well, we might take uh, another break and be back talking about more films that are at the cinemas. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So. Uh, Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari, the driver a, for Ferrari. I've got a, I've got a feeling this is going to be a very fast review. <laughs> oh, Godfather. Well, it wasn't a fast movie, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so this has been out for, I think, a couple of weeks. It's Adam Driver playing Enzo did get, Ferrari. Did he get cast just because of his name in this one? Oh, Adam Driver. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, he Facially, he looks a little bit like Enzo Ferrari. <laughs> right. I'm going to go um, Hair-wise, he does not because that wig just looked wrong. Uh, oh, have you seen it? No, no, I've seen the trailer. You've seen the trailer, right. Um, so if you have, for me, I was watching it um, initially um, and thinking he's too tall to play Enzo Ferrari because most F1 drivers or I, the F1 didn't exist mm. when he created Ferrari, but, um, it, yeah, they're built small. They have to be small to be fast. Adam Driver is not a small gentleman at all. Um, With that said, you know, he he did good. It's, it's, uh, okay, so it's set in the summer of 1957 and Ferrari has been, he created um, the business with his wife, uh, Laura, who's played by Penelope Cruz. Um, And, it's been around for 10 years and they're starting to have financial issues. So he's got um, people looking into it like Ford. So we watched the movie a few years ago, Ford mm. versus Ferrari. So we're kind of seeing the other side of this. You've also got Fiat who's putting their hand up and saying, hey, do you need some help? Um, and he basically says, 
you know, I I build cars for people to drive because my real passion is the the car racing, whereas a lot of people are pumping out lots of cars, but the car racing is a secondary. For him, because he was a um, car racer to be, to begin with, that's his passion. So he's not really interested in pumping out all these Ferraris to for just your everyday person to drive, but unfortunately it means that it's not a very viable business. Um, so you've got that story going on. He is also having a long-term affair with um, a a lady called Lena. He's actually had a son with oh, with her. Uh, his name is Piero, and he is ten or twelve. It's hard to figure out. Um, and that is played by Shailene Woodley. So you've got that side of the thing happening. His relationship with Laura is really, really messy. She knows he's got people on the side but there's a lot of information she doesn't know so she's like well, the whole idea of you having I know you're having stuff going on but you're supposed to be here before coffee is served in the morning that's it that's the rule um, and because their relationship is so entwined with the business it's very hard to you know have them separate mm. um so you've got that complicated drama going on as well with the relationship in the the son and, um, you know, the mistress who's more like a second family, really. Um, and then you have the... Um, oh, I'm going to forget the name. I have forgotten the name of the race. Uh, it doesn't happen anymore. Um, I Mille Megila. I can't pronounce that. Um, but it was a thousand mile race across Italy and it went for a series of years. And then in 1957, which this movie is set, an event occurs, <laughs> which I think, you know, it's car racing, you can figure it out. Mm. Um, so you've also got that story happening of, of like this epic race that's happening and a sort of rivalry that Ferrari have with um, uh, starts with an M where is it gone? Mercedes? No um, uh, that's going to annoy me Um, yep Yep. Was the film any good? Because the trailer looked terrible. So here's the thing. I kept looking over at Chris in the first 20 to 30 to 45 minutes, um, trying to get him to look over at me with a look of like um, agreeance that, yes, this is really slow. Right. Um, because it was. The part of the drama with his family was quite slow and I kept wanting to them to – go and focus on the car race stuff but it's supposed to be more of a biopic and the racing thing is kind of a side story but then my question is why do you then end up with a crescendo or like a climax that involves the racing if you're trying to concentrate on his life Mm. but then I guess his life involved racing so it's I felt like the movie was confused. It didn't know what it wanted to do. Either focus on the racing or focus on his personal life. But if you're going to do both, figure out a way of marrying them up in a more interesting way. So it was very slow. The car race stuff was phenomenal, um, but there wasn't enough for me. Patrick Dempsey um, makes an appearance in this film. If you are into car racing, you know that Patrick Dempsey has his own car racing 
company. So, you know, he gets introduced and you're like, ah, yeah, there's a bit of a familiarity there. Um, Penelope Cruz is amazing as she is always. It was a little bit uncomfortable listening to everyone do their Italian accents. Mm -hmm. I got used to Adam Driver doing his. Um, Shailene Woodley did not, you know, get it at all and it almost felt like completely unnatural. Should they go back to just doing British accents for all, oh, all cultures? It's really <laughs> difficult to, to know because people are doing it in various... There's people that are fully Italian. They've employed Italian mm. people and they've got, you know, mm. proper Italian accents. You've got Penelope Cruz who's got an accent that basically sounds Italian mm. because she doesn't have to go very far to get there. Um, mm. But then oh, I don't mean like physically. I just mean like their yeah, similar yeah, no, accents. No, no, no. There we go, yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's other people who are got accents that, and you're confused whether they're actually Italian people or American people with an Italian accent or an actual American, and I can't work out if he's doing an accident or not. Like, it's very difficult. So um, I'm going to give it three and a half um, bleached hair. Um, the only reason for the bleached hair, right, is that Patrick Dempsey, he decided to go all in on not getting a wig, he bleached his hair to get it the colour of the character, which was, like, grey, and he lost his hair doing it. Oh. Oh. So, um, So he's wearing a wig? No, I don't know. Ultimately. I don't know, actually. I didn't go far down... I didn't go very far down that rabbit hole. But the good thing about this film is that it does make you interested in, like, the history of Mm. things I I ended up doing, you know, Googling afterwards. And I think any biopic, you are going to be more interested afterwards. Otherwise, you're just like, I don't care about this person. So, yeah. yeah. Glad I didn't see it. (laughs) I love Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari. That was a great film. It it was so interesting watching this after seeing that Mm. and knowing what you you know. What I already knew. I actually ended up talking to two people or a person who was sitting behind us because we bumped into each other in the loo and I wanted somebody else's opinion. She was wearing a Ferrari shirt and I was like, oh, man, I should have worn mine. But I wanted somebody else's opinion because I felt like I was not, I didn't enjoy it that Mm -hmm. much and her and her partner absolutely loved it. Okay. So it's, you know, I think some people are going to love it and some people are going to be middling. Yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those. Cool. Well, I've got some some more films to to review. Um, have you got any other films to review tonight? No, no I've only oh I've only seen Netflix things, but oh, okay. I think uh, it, yeah this film um, you're going to be talking about the boys in the boat another film I missed but yes. wanted to see. Well, the, this one here is another biopic film. Uh, it's a story probably a lot of people know, but I had no idea this actually I have happened. No idea. Um, <laughs> well, tell me, I'll see <laughs> if I know. <laughs> so it's set in 1930. Right. Now, uh, 1930 is that, that kind of middle ground between world wars. Um, so it was like when uh, you know the Germans lost the First World War and then Hitler's rise to power and then there was an Olympic Games that happened in, in Germany. And uh, prior to all that, uh, in the, the University of Washington, they have like rowing teams. And the University of Washington, like even though we would go, this is a bougie kind of college because they've got a rowing team. Uh, Out of rowing teams, they were kind of like the underdogs who didn't have a lot of money. Um, And so uh, one of the um, students that was going there was a guy called uh, Joe Rance. And 
he had literally no money. This guy was like sleeping in a car that didn't even work. It was just like in a junkyard. Uh, he had to put paper into his shoes because he had holes in his shoes and he didn't have money to fix them. Uh, this guy was on the bones of his ass, but he was still going to college to try to make a better life for himself, like seeking that American dream. And um, somebody says to him, if you get on the rowing team, they give you a job and you can make some money. So he goes to, to go onto the rowing team and he, he makes the, the rowing team. But the rowing team is made up of this like ragtag group of people. Mm. Uh, but they just come together and become the best rowing team ever. And these, these aren't the, like, the rowing team that's been there for years. Like they're, they're not the, um, the guys that are about to graduate. These are the, the freshmen, the new guys. And they're so good that the, uh, the coach, uh, played by Joel Edgerton, he just goes, these are the guys that we're sending to the, 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 the finals where they go up against all these bougie schools with all the money and, uh, and yeah, they've got the best chance. So they, they go there like, these guys are just so good, they beat everyone mm. and they end up going to Germany. They go to Nazi Germany to go and row in the Olympics. And so that's what the, the, the story is and it's just amazing to see like it is like one of those sports where you got to have a lot of money to be a rowing person but uh it's kind of nice to see an underdog story of this kind of thing and it's directed by uh, George Clooney and he's just again showing his ability to just really put together a you know a great story um and just bring all the heart and emotions and and everything like that to it um you know they they do put in a bit of a love story in there as well because they've, they've got to it's like by the numbers mm. um but it was still a really enjoyable uh movie and um i i recommend if you want to go and see a bit of history with some nice uh, directing and some nice cinematography, then, yeah, have a crack at The uh, the Boys in the Boat. Uh, I am going to give it um, five... He also dyed his hairs. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because generally speaking, uh, Callum Turner's a, a bit of a brunette. Uh, in this, he's kind of like... He's very all, blonde. He's almost gone Thor blonde, mm. like where they, they dye the eyebrows and, mm. and then they realise that was stupid and the next one he's like got more brownish eyebrows. But anyway, um, yeah, Boys in the Boat, uh, good film. Should go check it out. Boys in the Boat. And... Um, the, boy, the Boys in the Boat. The, the, the boy, Boys in the boat. the boat. Shall we jump straight into Aquaman? Should we, we dive shall. in? You know, one of the weird weird things about Boys in the Boat, though, is the like, they've got the guy there, like the the coxman, I believe they're called. Mm-hmm. And he's going stroke, stroke, strokes, mm-hmm. yelling at these these people like with a loud hailer. Like faster. now, we live in a world of technology and like you know headphones and Bluetooth and all that kind of stuff. But um, when you walk around the Canning River uh, into like the Shelley area of a Friday morning and a Saturday morning, you will see the rollers on that river and you will hear these guys still with their loud hailers yelling instructions to the people. Surely there's a better way. <laughs> doing it i don't know i feel like that gets you more into the feeling like i think you become disconnected if you've all wearing different headphones it's kind of weird though because i've been in melbourne on the uh, on their river strokes yeah and Mm -hmm. like i've been closer to the the guys in the boat and not heard anything and yet on the canning river i'm like probably a half a kilometre away from these guys, and you can hear them. Wow. It's like, seriously, guys, like people are trying to walk here. What's going on? So, yeah, but it's just one of my, my pet peeves. It's like, you know, I know you're trying to get some exercise, but shut the hell up. Because <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm also trying to get some exercise. That's right. Your exercise is bothering my exercise. So just, It's like people who walk around, like talking to someone on their mobile phone, on, on speaker. speaker. 
or they've got their phone playing their music on this. The, the headphones have been invented, people. Uh, yeah, I, I've gone to a restaurant literally um, two days ago and someone had them on speakerphone at a restaurant. And I'm like, dude, seriously, oh, really? everybody's trying to enjoy enjoy this nice breakfast at a nice beach and you're doing that. <laughs> you're ruining it for <laughs> everybody. Kat, you know, Kat and I were at the Getty Center in California, and we were uh, waiting to to get a good view of um, uh, <laughs> the water lilies. I think is that uh, is that Van Gogh or is that someone else? Um, um, no, Monet. Monet, yeah, the Monet's water lilies. And there was a dude there with his iPad, not not an iPad, like his big iPad. FaceTiming someone going, look, see, look at this stuff here. Look at look at that there. It's like, oh, dude, dude, just like read the room. It's a, it's a gallery. That's just shut disgusting. the hell up. That's disgusting. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Aquaman and the, uh, the Lost Kingdom. The question is, should the kingdom remain lost? The answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's just like, you know, I think when, when DC – had decided, okay, we're done. We're just going to, you know, wrap this all up. They, they already canned the Batgirl movie that had been mostly filmed. Um, they probably should have done the same thing with Aquaman and Lost Kingdom because it was just like, just pointless. <laughs> well, yeah, and you get rid of, um, you get rid of Amber Heard. She's only in it for a small portion of time. I know Amber Heard's like, is she? Significant role in the film. Oh, okay. Yeah. So somebody else I spoke to said they saw it and it was like she had to be in there and it felt like she was like shoved in there and it didn't no, feel right. No, no, okay. she was just in in the film like the the whole um the first film was great. First Aquaman film was great. They did a really good job on it. Mm-hmm. Um this film was just like uh, you, do you really need to? Because I've se- you've seen this kind of story before. I mean, Thor, like um, you had the first Thor, and Loki was a bad guy. You get the the second Thor, and Loki's kind of like becoming a bit of a tweener. Um, in this film, you had Jason Momoa as Arthur Curry, you had Patrick Wilson uh, as his brother, who was like the bad guy in the first one, and in this one he's kind of a bit of an in betweener. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got Ocean Master, who was a bad guy, and he's a really bad guy in this one. Um, they're they're trying to find like some, this this power source and uh, it's just like Randall Park was great. He's always great to have him in films. Uh, Tamara Morrison is also fantastic. Good to see Dolph Lundgren again. Uh, Martin Short was apparently in there. <laughs> Can't tell you where. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was like the film was was okay, but it really I just didn't know what they were they were trying to trying to achieve. So. Um, there's a lost kingdom. It's a kingdom of damned people, and uh, they're trying to come back. And they're using uh, ocean, Black Manta to like come back to life. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just not great. Like it was originally like there was a, a version of this story where because Aquaman and Mira have a baby, uh, Arthur Junior, and there was a version of this story where he gets killed uh, by Black Manta. And I, I, I don't know, maybe that would have more emotional reson- resonance in the film, but they didn't go that way because they did test screens. Everyone was going, "Not the baby, <laughs> go kill the baby." So, so they didn't go that way. Um, but it was just like, yeah. When you go in there, you decide this is the last of the DC Extended Universe films. They're hitting the reset button. Um, so where where is this going to go? And when I was watching it, like um, 
in the first film, you know, Momoa got big and mm. like he was legitimately Aquaman. Uh, in this film here, you can tell that a lot of padding uh, and mm. muscle, fake muscles have been put onto, and uh, not just uh, Jason. I thought Momoa. you meant padding with the story, yeah, but uh, there is padding with the story as well. <laughs> um, but uh, also Patrick Wilson, like he's not a big muscly guy. So whenever you see him in a super suit and he's got lots of muscles, you're kind of going, well. They've just put those onto the suit, really. <laughs> so there's a, I don't know, it just felt very uh, old, oldie timey, like in that in that kind of way. Um, yeah, it just it just didn't grip me, and it wasn't one of the films where I was just like, oh, I want to go and see this film. It was kind of like, oh yeah, I'll go and see this film. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a superhero film. It's kind of like in my wheelhouse. I should go and yeah, see it. So it wasn't like obliged. you were disappointed because it wasn't very what you were expecting. No. You went in kind of like. Mm. Yeah, it kind of went in half assed. So, mm. <laughs> um, yeah, and again, it's the kind of film where I was like drifting in and out. And so, if, you, if you're a superhero film, you can't hold my attention. There's something wrong with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I will give Aquaman um, three massive seahorsey things. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get past. Um Jason Momoa in the latest Fast film. He was just such an evil guy in that movie. Um, such a different character. Um, Fast X, was it? Oh, I can't remember. The latest Fast mm. and Furious instalment. But he's a bad uh, man just, in that film. Just hold on because in a movie or two he'll be a good guy. <laughs> he was a bad man. Yeah. But, yes, exactly, he'll probably come back. Very, in, um, very bad man. No, I feel like the, he did too much bad stuff. There's yeah. no way he could come back and be a good wow. guy. But anyway. Um, those movies we all know are just um, getting more and more ridiculous. Ridiculous as time goes on. Oh, mm. I saw I saw Joyride on the plane. And <gasps> it was really good. Yes, really good. I watched it again. Uh, I made Chris watch it. Um, yeah, it's it's very funny. I I just can't believe the stuff they did in there. It's like, <laughs> it was yeah. magic. It was just like because like having you know when you think about Chinese people, they're so reserved and everything mm. like that and having them go to China and then just be so over the top. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Um, but, no, it was really good, very enjoyable film. Indeed. I need to watch it again. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's available. Uh, I can't remember where now from it's, I, I it Prime. It. It's on Prime. It is on Prime, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think we're going to actually play some sponsors and then finish with a song. Um uh, if I can put it in the right order. Um, but, yes, next week we're not sure what's happening. Stay tuned. <laughs> Someone will be here. One of us will be here. So, um, and we will have more things to talk about, um, hopefully a chance to have a chat about Leo if I'm here, uh, which is the new Adam Sandler film. Um, and you saw Good Grief. Good Grief. Good Grief, Good which grief. is on Netflix as well. So, um But that's it for us, guys. We shall catch you later. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.